0: Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice through litigation, advocacy and public education. They seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacp ldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause
1: good evening everyone welcome back to the drinking and talking fantasy football podcast Uh, We have a great episode this week with a great guest. Uh, I am your host, Dustin Lunt. Uh, I hope you are all surviving election night here as we are recording on Tuesday evening. Uh, But we won't be talking too much about that tonight. We're here to be a distraction from everything else that's going on. So glad you're joining us. Uh, If you're watching live here on YouTube, uh, I should introduce my co-host, I suppose. Jake, how are you doing this evening?
0: God, finally! Thanks for including <laughs> me in your long-winded introduction, Dustin. <laughs> no, I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. As you alluded to, we have a fantastic guest tonight, and that always makes me happy. And the mm-hmm. fact that we are recording and not tuning into all that other garbage you were just talking about makes me even more happy. Yeah, absolutely. And with no further
1: ado, our special guest for this evening, John Bauer. Good evening, John. How are you doing?
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm very excited to be here. Jake, you and I, we've had plenty of run-ins on Twitter. We were on the open bar together, and we've been DMing you know, every now and again, but I'm so excited to be joining you guys tonight. Like you said, it's election night. I'm already a few glasses of this nice fine wine in, so let's keep the party rolling.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Uh we we really appreciate it. So before we get into it, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, what you do? Promote yourself a little bit here.
2: You don't have to tell me twice. So <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. I am one of the hosts of Dynasty Theory. That's at Dynasty Theory FF on Twitter and Instagram, and then also fantasy football confidential and that is every wednesday night at 9 p.m and that's at ff underscore confidential on twitter and instagram and then later tonight nine o'clock eastern standard time jump on over to dynasty theory as always we have another great show lined up but you know uh we're working on a few things behind the scenes as we speak hoping to roll that out soon but uh yeah
0: i'm just again super excited to be here with you guys we yeah. are super excited to have you. Mm-hmm. And not only because we've been DMing back and forth for so long, mostly clean DMs, if I can say that. <laughs> for the most part, they've been fairly above board. I just hope those aren't released to the public because you and I. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, it's becoming wintertime and I get lonely, okay? I don't think I should have to over justify it to our listening public here.
1: Well, I say you have been a bachelor for a few days here, so I- I'm sure you been are getting through. lonely.
0: The missus went up north to do some hiking with her best friend to just get out into the open and do things before the frost sets in here. So I have been living that bachelor lifestyle. Uh, maybe that's my excuse for the Gardner Minshew-esque headband that I'm rocking for our YouTube viewers here. Uh, it's just to make me more uh, acceptable to the general public.
1: <sighs> oh, Jake. All right. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the meat of our episode here uh which we are we are talking pivots tonight if you couldn't tell by Jake's headband for our YouTube uh watchers uh if you are listening to this audio only he is wearing a pivot headband that is from friends if any of you were alive in the nineties and watched the show, you get the reference. Uh, but we are talking pivots this evening. Uh, players that we are moving away from, from one reason or another and, and who we're going to pivot to. But before we do that, we've got to do our drunk, 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 drunk. hammer drunk. Drunk 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 drunk. Drunk trade of the week. So Jake, lay it on us
0: yes we do well before we even do that just like you to want to skip the foreplay and go right under the sheets Dustin what are we drinking oh, tonight god I personally I'll take this here for the starters since I thought of it uh, I am drinking <laughs> Boulevard Berry Noir it is a sour ale it's a berry sour ale I thought in honor of John who alluded to uh, drinking wine this is the closest thing I really have to wine in my household I'm or, or that I would be willing to drink let's put it that way I'm not a big wine guy but this is like right on the verge here and i'm a big sour beer guy too i i like the uh like the sour monkey
2: and then i just got this other one it's another monkey um but it's not as strong and i figured you know jumping on a podcast i want to be able to remember my time with you guys so (laughs) let's keep the sour monkeys away but the wine's probably going to do the job too (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that's sweet
0: first mm-hmm. of all. Dustin, <laughs> what are you
1: drinking tonight? Well, since you shamed me here, uh, I am drinking <laughs> uh Delta Beer Lab their Sichuan peppercorn hellis. Uh really tasty. And Delta Beer Lab right out of Madison. We love to support them. Uh it's not spicy, but it's got
0: that just like hint of pepper to it and it's really really tasty. What is a Hellas? Can you tell me what a Hellas is? I don't know this. It's a lager. It's a fancy oh. lager. Okay. They yes.
1: couldn't have
0: just said lager. God no, no, it's got to be fancy. make me jump through hoops. No, it's it's you, better, you put your pinky up when you're drinking this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now I feel like all right. Well, wait, John. What kind of wine are you drinking? Hold on. For the folks who are winos at home, I shouldn't gloss over this just because I'm not a wine guy. What is your variety that you're drinking tonight? And I had to look because I I know it's red. But you know, we talked about this
2: off the air. The cheaper the wine, the better. Once I take the cork out, it doesn't go back in. So I fully intend on finishing this nice. Cabernet Sauvignon I I think I said that correctly nailed it it's the nice 2018 edition it's very aged it's very uh I don't know it's dry sweet I don't know but it's gonna do the job like I said and I'm sure when I go on Dynasty Theory tonight Mitch and Dan they're not gonna be annoyed with me at all (laughs) I think that you, you sense the sarcasm they get easily annoyed with me so it should be a fun show later tonight
1: yeah and you can just totally just throw us right under the bus by all means
2: Oh, I plan on it. I
1: absolutely plan on it. <laughs> all right. Jake, do you want to lay our drunk trade on us now? Is that okay? Is that, can we do that?
0: or? Yes. Now that we've hit all of the proper notes, of course, all we right. can actually discuss this here. So oh, okay. this drunk, week, drunk trade of the week comes from Reddit user Ocean OG. They traded Tyler Lockett for T.Y. Hilton right before the season because of the veteran quote-unquote connection that T.Y. Hilton had with Rivers in the offseason. They said he was going to fill Keenan's shoes. Yeah, was going to. This is a redraft format. This was obviously right after the draft occurred. It's a PPR league. So imagine before week one, you trade away Tyler Lockett for T.Y. Hilton, thinking that you had just done the smartest thing you've ever done in your life. Gentlemen, what do we think of this drunk trade? John, watch you though. I don't know if you guys noticed, but multiple
2: and yeah, Dustin, I'm jumping right in. But multiple times I've already had to take my glasses off. I am all hot and bothered over <laughs> here. The wine's kicking in. They're they're actually steaming up. I'm like, I can't wear these. I have to see your bright smiling faces. But that trade, oh man. And T. Y. Hilton, he's interesting because obviously he has the name recognition, T. Y. Hilton. And I have a few friends here in Pittsburgh. And that's shocking that I have a few friends, first of all. That's very (laughs) shocking. But I have to let people know that I do communicate with others outside of the fantasy world. Good call. Uh, But my one friend, he's in a league and he he texts me trade questions, starts, sits, all that good stuff. And he drafted T.Y. Hilton. And we're going through all these different scenarios. And to clear some room, because it's a short bench, I said drop T.Y. Hilton. He he comes back to me, John, I I can't do it just because it's T. Y. It again, if it were any other player with you know, uh I mean we'll stick with Green Bay. Let's say it was a Jake Kumaro or some, you know, some random person like that. Yeah, no problem, I'm gonna make some room. But because it's T. Y. Hilton, and that's kind of what got people in trouble during the offseason, whether it's Dynasty, Uh, You know, a startup, redraft league, whatever. Best ball, people thought T.Y., he was going to fill in there, like you said, and be that Keenan Allen type player. But he also presented himself as a deep threat. And that just has not been the case That offense. They've been, you know, running it with the three-headed monster, apparently. We have Wilkins, Taylor, and Hines. Um, You know, so I understand where they're coming from. Would I have advised to make that trade preseason? No. After week one, no, you know, but at this point you look back on it and you feel a little bit sick because in most formats, Tyler Lockett, he is the wide receiver one. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if TY is top 60 at this point.
1: Yeah, that's, that's such a, a bad trade. Uh, and I, I, I'll admit, I wasn't super high on, on Hilton before the season started. Uh, but I did think he was going to rebound from what we've seen over the past couple years. You know, being injury riddled and and not playing full seasons. I thought I thought maybe this was going to be the year he kind of bounced back to form a little bit. Maybe not that wide receiver one that we're used you know had seen, but maybe like a solid wide receiver two. And yeah, so I, I personally wouldn't have uh pulled the trigger on that trade. Uh but yeah, looking now it's just so much worse. Uh especially after a couple of those big blow up weeks that TY or I mean uh Lockett has had, it's just like, oh, it's just a dagger to the heart. Uh so yeah, that that's that's very poor. Very, very poor. Yeah.
0: I some- might... Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I thought I saw a tweet after Tyler Lockett's massive game that was comparing him to T.Y. Hilton's entire season. And it was like Tyler Lockett scored more in week, what was that, week seven? S- seven, I think. Uh, they're all running together mm-hmm. at this point. It's COVID. All, all bets are off. But I, yeah, T.Y. Hilton. I'm looking at our preseason projections. We actually had T.Y., like you said, Dustin, as a wide receiver too. So it, I, I was very surprised to see the, the lack of production and usage
0: that we've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. I was super high on T.Y. I, out of even the three of us, I may have been the highest on T.Y. <laughs> coming into this year. I just felt like it was as long as he stayed healthy caveat, as long as he stayed healthy, that, T.Y. Hilton was going to get you great weeks, heavy touchdown weeks. I just imagine Philip Rivers using him a lot uh in the red zone, even. None of this has come to fruition. And just so we're he's all. Been healthy. The- he's been on the field too. He's been healthy, and you still. And that's the issue. Like, just don't be healthy, and then I won't be forced to start you. And then all of this is a moot point, or, or a moo point, if you will. And I won't have nice. to deal with any of this. <laughs> was that another friend's reference? It was a it second was. friend's <laughs> reference of the episode. I am so proud of you. You're forgetting it. Um, (laughs) Expect a few of those sprinkled in through the rest of the way here. T.Y. Hilton BTW is the wide receiver 84 on the season. I was being generous with 60. I was being generous. Too kind. Too kind. So, yes, this drunk trade is absolutely awful. We can all say in hindsight, yes, it was awful. But we can all say with regular sight, I think, this was pretty awful at the time. (laughs) I was being a little bit nicer. Dustin just came on and said,
2: "Yeah, that was a bad trade." I was trying to kind of walk that line, but you said it was a Reddit user, and I always say that Reddit is like the depth of hell. It's I I, that's I won't cool. go on, uh, yeah I won't go on Reddit. I tried it and I got reported a few times because I was on there to promote my work, mm-hmm. and apparently that's frowned upon in the in the Reddit community. So I got <laughs> reported several times, and I was like, "Fuck this, I'm out."
0: Yeah, if you I, think you this... deal with trolls on Twitter, holy shit, don't step <laughs> oh, foot into Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I had the
1: same experience. I, I posted uh, one of our episodes here after the fact and got reported on one of them. And then the other one, I must have had a, at least a half a dozen or so comments that were just outlandish. I was like, all right, give a guy a break for trying to promote his his work here. But, you know, whatever. <laughs>
0: Can oh. I point out uh, in the chat by the way Cooter Doodle who is one of my all-time favorite people on Twitter and if you're not following her you're just I don't know you're in a hole somewhere. Uh, she threw out a third friends reference saying TY was on a break. So yeah, that is a he's nice reference. Stay on that, break. that is really nice. All right. He is the Ross of wide receivers, isn't he? When we really think about it now. <laughs> Well, just I don't even want want to acknowledge her because
2: I'm one of my co-hosts over on Fantasy Football Confidential. Linda G, I don't want her to get upset with me if I acknowledge Cooter Doodle in the chat because they have a little rivalry going. And yeah. Cooter, Cooter Doodle, she's dumping the, the truly down the sink. She's throwing, I have to assume it was a a Broncos jersey in the garbage. So, I I mean, yes, that was, that was clever. It was good. But Cooter Doodle, we're not on speaking terms right now.
0: I don't want to get yelled at by Linda. Big Sharks, Jets, trash talk yes. happening between these two. <laughs>
1: anything else we need to cover with this or we just beat this to a pulp already. (laughs) Yes. All right. Squeeze that juice. All right. So we're going to move on here. Uh, have a little discussion. I am calling this the, what the fuck of the week. Uh, Javon Wims, just trying to pretend he's Mike Tyson out there, uh, trying to knock someone out. What the hell was that? And, and where did that come from? I, I haven't heard any update on what was the cause of that, uh, scuffle. Now, uh, I do have
0: that, I do have that bit because that came out. I saw only the play with Wims, of course, going haywire on that dude. Now, that same gentleman, and I forget the uh, defensive player's name, but he, the play prior or a couple of plays prior had got up and poked uh, another dude's eye. One of uh, Wim's Mm. teammates in the eye. And so this was was Callie Miller, I think. I think it was Anthony Miller. There you go. Wasn't that the same guy
2: that Michael Thomas punched at practice? Supposedly. I'm I'm fairly certain. Is it true? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they were saying. And then he was one of the guys, it was what last year when they tackled Tariq Cohen and they were going up to him like, oh, you're this tall, making fun of his height. He was one of the two guys there too. So he seems Uh. like a stand up gentleman.
0: I can't Uh, believe he found himself embroiled in another scandal uh, here. That's wild. But
1: when are NFL players going to learn that punching someone in the helmet, that that's not going to do anything? They make those helmets, you know, so so you can survive collisions with them and not get concussed. So what makes you think your fist is going to do anything different? I, I don't get it.
0: If anything, you have to go with the A.J. Green UFC takedown that he had a couple of years ago. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's protecting himself and still getting into the mix. Yeah, so absolutely. I, to, I always think this shit's so dumb. It's just like anybody who watches football and isn't a big fan of it and they see that kind of thing show up, they're like, yeah, this is why I don't watch because this is just fucking dumb. <laughs> so it's just a bad It's a bad rap.
2: And it just, it, as if we, we don't complain enough about you know reviews and timeouts but now we have to deal with this as an interruption to the game like nothing infuriates me more especially when i can't watch a game if i'm just checking the espn updates and it takes forever for the next play to load because i'm an absolute degenerate i think you two guys you're there with me but i i, I need the update i need the update and if a fight is stalling that i'm not here
1: for that
0: mm-hmm. get it together whims that's what we're saying <laughs> here i think
1: yeah, well, he's going to have a couple weeks to think about it here. So, uh, nice two-game suspension, losing the paychecks. Yeah, maybe i will consider it next Wait, time.
2: And he's, he's appealing. What is he going to say? No, I didn't
0: do it. Yeah.
2: That, that wasn't me.
0: I was overcome was... by Patrick Swayze from the hit film Ghost, and he was doing all of that on my behalf. No, shut the fuck up. Take your suspension. God. Uh, yeah, just too much.
1: So that, folks, is what we call our what-the-fuck moment of the week here. New segment. (laughs) I
2: like it. I like it, too.
1: All right. Uh, We will go through a quick uh, injury update here for you all. Uh, Some big names this week, uh, uh, getting injured. So uh, we'll go through them quickly. You guys jump in if you want to add anything, but otherwise I'll just kind of power on through. Uh, So first off, uh, Jimmy G, high ankle sprain. They're saying he's out for at least six weeks. Uh, not that he was doing much this season to date, but uh, he is going to be out. This is a big one. A lot of people crying into their drinks after this news. George Kittle fracture in his foot, out for at least eight weeks. Here, uh, th- this is going to kill a lot of people out there. Uh, so, let me, goodbye let- to my
0: SFB hopes with that one. By the way,
1: so let me throw this out there: uh, who would who would you rather throw Fab on? Jordan Reed or Ross Dwelly?
2: I'll go Jordan Reed just because I can he stay healthy? Probably not, but I think if he is on the field, he's going to have that touchdown upside. He's going to be used. Ross Dwelley, I just don't think his ceiling is as high as Jordan's Reed, Mm -hmm. Jordan Reed's, but I'll go Jordan Reed.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, too. I picked Jordan Reed up during the uh, week or two where Kittle missed earlier Mm -hmm. this year. And he did. I mean, he did fantastic. I forgot to put him in one week, but he did fantastic (laughs) on my bench. Um, But I do expect that he has, like John said, he has a way bigger upside, I think, than Dwelly. It's just a matter of time. Like, can he sustain himself for at least Mm -hmm. a couple weeks? Hopefully. Uh, And if not, if he gets injured, then I guess you have to go and pick up Dwelly after that. I have George Kittle in so many,
2: I mean, switching to Dynasty just for a minute, but I have him in so many Dynasty
0: tight end premium leagues, and it is crippling. It really is. Do you have a Mm -hmm. single decent backup to him in any of those leagues?
2: Now, a lot of them, they are the safe leagues that are two PPR for tight ends. So I typically load up. I have some rosters. I mean, I was higher on Austin Hooper coming into the season. We know how that's been so far. I went from being being the self-proclaimed Hooper scooper because I was picking him up in every draft. And now he's Hooper pooper. So I try not to talk about him too much. But uh, I have Darren Waller on a few of those teams. So I'm excited about that. But I, I think I had nine shares. Of George Kittle and they were all tight in premium leagues and I was able to move him in a few I felt like I was a contender some league mates might say John you're crazy you're not a contender in this league (laughs) But I I always look at it with the rose colored glasses here Mm -hmm. but I just when I saw that news yeah he's had a few injuries in the past he's come back fairly quickly and then he's blown up. But this one, most likely out for the remainder of the fantasy season. It was absolutely crippling.
1: So if you're looking at it more for a redraft here, focus, do you hold on to him for the rest of the no, season, I, hoping he comes I, back for the playoffs? or?
2: If it's a if it's a short bench, if you have five or six bench spots like a typical home league, I would say dump them. And you know the buddy that I mentioned earlier, he has Hayden Hurst on the waiver wire. I said make that swap if you can. If you can get Hayden Hurst, yeah, it's not going to be sexy, but he at least gives you an opportunity. Whereas George Kittle and I felt bad. My I I told my friend second round, pull the pull the trigger, get George Kittle. And he texts me. He goes, John, fuck, he's out. And I said, I, I know, I know.
1: Yeah, that's. We're all feeling that pain. Ugh. The injuries
0: uh, are coming for everybody at a certain mm-hmm. point in the season. So it, it's a final destination kind yeah. of NFL season here, and nobody's going to be able to outrun it, I don't think, for the long haul. Yeah,
2: yeah. In- injuries, they'll get you. I know some players, they thought they couldn't get COVID-19 like Odell Beckham, but then the injuries got him. Even though he didn't get COVID, he, he got the injury. Um, yeah, the injuries, they're just – it doesn't matter who you are, and that's why I, we've been preaching over at Dynasty Theory, depth, depth depth obviously Mm -hmm. that's really hard in redraft Mm -hmm. but in dynasty if you were able to accumulate depth even if it wasn't sexy you're probably in a really good situation this year because we've lost how many first and second round players for multiple games at this point
0: Mm mm-hmm Too goddamn many all right Dustin who's next on this shopping block that you have
1: here all right we're we're gonna stick with the Niners uh finish off the uh, trio here of injuries Tevin Coleman came back for part of a week uh out again with a knee injury, his uh, unknown availability for Week Nine. So keep an eye on that, folks. Probably out with the Niners playing on Thursday night this week. So I
0: thought I saw he was actually rolled out. Oh, tonight. really? Give me. Uh, He was, in fact, spoiler alert, jumping ahead. There is a reason that I have who I have in our pivots and is because of that. So he, I I believe, again, officially finally
1: got ruled out here. Okay. So I missed that update um, since I worked on this yesterday. So uh, (laughs) we'll keep moving on here. Kenny Galladay, uh, hip injury. He's already been ruled out for week nine. So keep an eye on that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, groin injury. uh, Uncertain at this point when he's going to be returning doesn't matter, clearly. It it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, thigh injury. Uh, Rams are on a bye this week. At this point, they're still saying it's uncertain if he's going to play after the bye week. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, Deontay Johnson... Left with an injury again, he's just going to be dinged up all season. I think I can't see him getting healthy uh, and and playing multiple weeks in a row here at this point, uh, which is really unfortunate because I thought he was going to have a really great season and he's looked really good when he's been on the field. But you know what they say, availability is the best ability. So uh, Kelvin Ridley, uh, he has a mid foot sprain, status unknown. Gardner Minshew, one for one for our homie here, uh, thumb fracture, had surgery, unlikely to play in week nine, already ruled out, uh, uh, going with the six round pick. So that'll be interesting to see here. And then late breaking news, Miles Gaskin out, uh, expected to be out for three weeks with a sprained MCL. So those are injuries. Anything you guys want to comment on there?
2: Yeah, once we get to the next segment, I'll be bringing up Miles Gaskin, and I, I'm I just, I'm just so disappointed and upset. And I saw it. I was, I, I, messaged Jake right away, and I was like, "Well, it looks like I have to pivot from my pivot, and then I wanted to pivot again." So there's a lot of pivoting going on tonight.
0: Almost, almost too many to count. Almost, almost. too many to count.
1: But before we hit our pivots, Jake, do you want to hit us with our uh, ad read for the week?
0: You know I do. This week's episode of DTFF is brought to you by Wild CBD. Wild produces the best-tasting edibles on the market using real fruit and all-natural flavoring. With flavors inspired by the Pacific Northwest, high-quality ingredients, real fruit, and consistent dosing, Wild has become one of the leading cannabis edible producers in the country. Wild's new CBD line currently offers real fruit-infused gummies. And Dustin, you're already going to be bummed. There is no uh, schnozberry in this list, but there is blackberry, huckleberry, lemon, and raspberry. Uh, They also have CBD-infused sparkling waters in other assorted fruits. Each gummy is dosed with 25 milligrams of CBD and can be purchased in a bottle of 10 or 20. Wild CBD is offering our listeners 30% off their next purchase from wildcbd.com. That's W-Y-L-D-C-B-D.com. Using the code POD for 30% off your purchase.
1: Okay, on to the main event, as we like to say. Our pivots that... Players, we are moving on from and who we're going to pivot to. So John, you're our guest this week. Why don't you take the floor?
2: So the player that I'm pivoting from, that was pretty easy for me. But then you're going to see that I had some difficulty with the player I was pivoting to. But I'm pivoting off of Ezekiel Elliott now. There are dynasty leagues that are deeper or you know, there's injuries, there's bye weeks and you're you have to play him. I'm not saying, "Oh, under every circumstance, you got to bench Ezekiel Elliott." So that's not what I'm saying. But he's going against that tough Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And, yes, there have been some injuries. They just made the trade, though, to acquire the the linebacker. and The name's slipping me, but the linebacker from the Jets. But he's going against the Steelers defense. Their implied total, the Dallas Cowboys, that is, 14 points this week. So Vegas believes it's going to be pretty tough sledding. I think a lot of people believe that, too. Ben DiNucci, he's already been benched. So we've gone through Dak, Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and now they're going to the Cooper Rush, possibly. So things aren't getting better. And the thing that really scares me with Ezekiel Elliott, last three weeks, zero touchdowns, only 157 total rushing yards, and four targets over the last two weeks. He was on pace for 112 targets prior to the last two weeks. And now two targets per week, that really limits his value in his ceiling. We've seen the fumbles they've been accumulating. And then Tony Pollard, he's been getting more and more involved. And, you know, he's running more routes in comparison to what he was earlier in the season. And it's just a recipe for disaster, in my opinion, for Ezekiel Elliott. Is he going to get 8 to 10 points? Sure, in PPR. But I would really limit my expectations if I had Ezekiel Elliott. And then really quick, on the Steelers' defense, they have a 40% rushing success rate against them. To, to, for context... 51% is the NFL average. They are second best only to the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't know if you can look at this matchup with any sense of uh, confidence and think Ezekiel Elliott, I can rely on as a running back one. So I'm pivoting off of him. Now, guys, I don't know if I've ever had, whether it's Dynasty Theory, Fantasy, Football Confidential, a guest spot, I've never had a trickier time coming up with a player. Initially, I had Miles Gaskin. And I said, I have to pivot off my pivot. I saw the news. Not only was I thinking about my redraft teams, dynasty shares, but I was thinking about uh, drinking and talking fantasy football in the show notes. I, I was like, how, where am I going to go to now? And I'm running through the list. I didn't want to go with, oh, pivot to Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey if he plays. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be cheap. So I, I went on Fantasy Pros. I, I looked at the guys going below Zeke in their weekly rankings, and it, it's ugly, man. It's ugly. But I'm going with, and, Jake, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show. Because if you went the other way, I wasn't going to join you guys. But you kind of came to the, the, the defense of David Montgomery. And I'm one of the few people. I jumped in there with you. We were trying to stand strong. has it been sexy here in 2020. No. It certainly wasn't sexy in 2019. But David Montgomery, he's going against the Tennessee Titans defense. And I talked about success rate for the Steelers defense where they were second. Tennessee Titans, they were ranked 28th. So not very good. They they released some veterans off the defense today. And I know that uh, the Chicago Bears offensive line, there are a few players going into COVID protocol. Some players are missing. And that's why I was like, should I pivot off of this? But I was like, no. Just like Jake did, I'm going to stand tall, stand strong. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the viewers of, of drinking and talking fantasy football and saying David Montgomery will outscore Ezekiel Elliott in week nine in full PPR. So
0: yes!
2: I it's happening. It's happening. And I don't make I try not to make guarantees because if I make a guarantee, I always fall short. And Miles Gaskin was one of my guarantees, and that went really well. Um, but yeah, David Montgomery, I, I like him here in week nine. I've liked him throughout the the regular season here. Is he a sexy pick? No, but he does offer that upside in the passing game as well, and the Tennessee Titans, they've been giving up some touchdowns to running backs. James Conner, Gio Bernard, David Johnson, they've had solid games against this defense, so I think David Montgomery, if there are issues on the offensive line, he's going to get a lot of checkdowns there, so I'm very excited to see what he does this week.
1: Yeah, I like that. He was one of my, uh, my. if we had time for a second pivot player, he was my running back pivot. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons you said, uh, here's his schedule for the rest of the season, teams he's going against. And it's just, he's got such great opportunity. As you said, he's got Tennessee this week, going against Minnesota next week, which, tough matchup. Uh, then he's got his bye. Then Green Bay, Detroit, Houston. None of those scare me whatsoever. As far as defenses, plays Minnesota a second time division game, but then ends the season with Jacksonville and Green Bay. Like those matchups, with the exception of the two Minnesota games, are just money. Like he should, he should be able to eat to steal Zeke's uh, uh, uh thing there. He should be able to eat the majority of the season, uh, and I I love that call.
0: He's not even just stealing his fantasy points now. He's stealing his catchphrase. That That's is right. fucking cold. <laughs> That is stone cold, and I love it. And that's that's why you have to pivot off
2: of Zeke, because now he has no fantasy points. He has no catchphrase. He's useless here in Week 9.
0: What even is he at this point, right? He's not David Montgomery, who's going to... I do love that you said that, though. I just feel like Montgomery gets shit on so much, Mm -hmm. and I am not a guy to say that he is a world-beating running back, that he is this top-five-in-the-league talent or anything of the sort. But you have to just respect, one, his volume. And two, what he's been able to do behind a suspect offensive line, at least in terms of the running game. And just based off of those two factors, like, he's going to do enough. He's going to do enough to make you happy. And you add a touchdown or two on top of that, which hasn't, unfortunately, been his forte so far. The positive regression. Did you see his drum.
2: forte? Another Chicago Bears reference?
0: <laughs> I Ugh. I don't want to drop this, mic because it will be a loud uh, sound uh, for the, the listener. But, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy that you brought him up. I would absolutely feel no troubles in starting him. And two more things, random
2: tidbits. Uh, David Montgomery, if you go on PFF and you look at their elusiveness rating, out of all running backs, I think it was with at least 100 carries in – was it, what, what was it 50 carries, 100? He, he ranked second in elusiveness, and I don't remember the exact threshold. But, you know, and then another thing, you talk about the offensive line, because it's been so bad. If you look at, and let me see if I can get this right, yards before contact per attempt, it's one of the lowest in the league. He's getting hit in the backfield every
0: time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not and not in the good way either. It, it's in a way that's negative for people. Wait, is there
2: ever a good way to get hit? In the
0: Some people are big fans, John. Some people are big <laughs> fans of getting hit in that backfield. You you got to explore Reddit a little bit more clearly. <laughs> yeah, a little comment from the chat here from our
1: friend Mike, a friend of the show. He says, John, you're sexy, even if Monte isn't.
2: <laughs> Mike, you're, you're going to make me blush even more than I am. And I told Jake and Dustin, as I have wine, my cheeks are going to get super rosy. But now I think I'm just straight blushing because of what Mike said. <laughs> so thank you.
1: All right, Jake, why don't you hit us with your pivot?
0: Okay, I'm going to pivot. From a Thursday night backfield to a Thursday night backfield. So if you had planned on starting a Green Bay running back, I am encouraging you, please don't do that this week. It was already a bad, bad matchup for them. The San Francisco 49ers' second fewest points per game allowed to running backs. Even Aaron Jones was going to have some troubles going against them. It looks by all accounts, they are very pessimistic that Aaron Jones even starts. I'm just, doub- I, and especially for this kind of thing, like, just pretend he's not. It, it's 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 not going to turn all of a sudden because Green Bay is very cautious about resting their players, sitting down if they're not 100%. Pretend he's not playing because he ain't. So Jamal Williams is also out. AJ Dillon also out because of the whole COVID thing. They're both contact and, and uh, have to sit due to COVID. So you have Dexter Williams, a player that has bounced on and off the practice squad for the last year and a half, Uh, and you have Tyler Irvin, a guy whose main move is just to run back and forth really fast uh, pre-snap to try and distract the defenses. I think together I read that they have like 15 actual rushing attempts between the two of them on an NFL setting. I'm not starting that against San Francisco, (laughs) so don't get cute. However, you should pivot away to the opposite side of the field by starting either or Jamichael Hasty or Jarek McKinnon or both. If you have both and you really don't have running back options, I would start both. I'm not kidding because, Dustin, we know this better than probably anybody. Green Bay is so fucking terrible against running backs. Oh, they're a sieve. It's
1: awful. (laughs)
0: It's so brutal to just watch it happen to you week after week, and it doesn't get any better. I'm not expecting them to go Dalvin Cook on us like he did last week, uh, you know, 250-plus scrimmage yards, whatever the hell that was. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. But Jermichael Hasty did lead the backfield last week. He wasn't great in last week's matchup but the sheer volume and it does seem to be that he will be the volume play with tevin coleman out with raheem Mostert out with even jeff wilson i don't think is even going to be a specter there so if for all those jeff warriors out there who's gonna uh, expect him to cut into the workload it's just not gonna happen so either or both of those guys i'm very comfortable with mckinnon will get a few screens that will just crush us i'm sure Um, The touchdown upside is at least there for him, if nothing else. So I'd be more than comfortable starting one or both of those guys.
1: Yeah, and you think they would might be wanting to lean on the running game a little bit more since they have their their backup quarterback starting? Now, I know Mullins has played well in the past, um, and he's familiar with the offense and whatnot. So maybe they don't have to lean on it quite so much, but... Especially going against Green Bay secondary, you would you would expect them to lean on the run game a little bit more, kind of like what the Vikings did this last week against us.
0: Can I say and a you, hot take? Please. I, I think that I think that Mullins is better than Garoppolo. I don't think that you're alone. I don't,
1: don't think, think that's that a super hot up. take. It's a lukewarm take.
0: Okay. I'm
2: not God. saying I I'm not saying I agree, but I think a lot of people whether it's for the sake of being a hot take or they genuinely believe it, I think that more people than you might think are on board with you.
0: Well, I'm glad that I have some peeps that will back you me up on this. Have peeps. You have peeps. We <laughs> you know you have peeps. But Jerry, specific peeps for this specific situation, John. You need different peeps
2: in different uh, situations, absolutely. Uh, you need to diversify the peeps, if you will. <laughs> But uh, Jared McKinnon, he's he's going to be utilizing the passing game, and now they're down George Kittle, Debo Samuel. I know everybody's all about Brandon Ayuk, but Jared McKinnon, I think he's going to be using the passing game, and that's kind of what bailed him out last week, right? He had like three carries, negative one yards, but three receptions and a touchdown. And you're going to be happy with that mm-hmm. if you have to – if you're stuck and you have to put him in your lineup, if you have one of the guys that are on bye, if you have any of the injury riddle running backs, and it seems like there are plenty of them, Jarrett McKinnon's probably going to be in more starting lineups than you would have hoped heading into week nine.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. I guess it's time for me to shine here. Uh, my pivot from is DJ Chark. And the reason I want to pivot away from him is that he lost the starting quarterback, lost the mustache. We've got a rookie six-round pick coming in, Now, I know you'll say Minshew was a six-round pick, so uh, you know anything can happen, which it's true. He he could come out and surprise everybody. I, it absolutely could happen, uh, but but he had that connection with Minshew, and then. I guess you could even say the connection wasn't quite as good as it was last year uh, just because he's had a super low target share at 19% leading the team. Right behind him with Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chanel are both at 15%. So they're very much spreading the ball around, and whether that's a function of terrible offensive line or... I don't know what, but but he's spreading the ball around and not focusing on on DJ Chark like he was last year when, when he had his big breakout year. And Chark has a fairly tough schedule here the rest of the way out. So who I want to pivot to is Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's actually a, a little bit higher than Chark at this point on the season, but by no means are either of them... Flashing at this point. So Marquise Brown is currently forty-second overall, according to Fantasy Pros, where DJ Chark is forty-seven. So so they're both in the forties. Not anywhere near, I think anybody expected both of those players. But here's the thing with Hollywood Brown. Uh, he's leading his team with target share, and, he, and he's getting the deep targets. Uh, and besides him and Mark Andrews, there's really not anyone else on the team they're throwing to. So he's basically guaranteed that volume at this point. Uh, he's got a really, really great schedule to end the season here. He's got two matchups the next two weeks that are kind of tough with Indianapolis and uh, New England. But after that, he's got great matchups uh, across the board here, uh, which should allow him to get back to what we've been seeing and then here's the big thing with him he's only got two touchdowns on the year so far so i expect that to improve while i know the ravens offense as a whole has taken a step back this season uh you know efficiency wise and everything they were doing last year i still expect him to rebound in that touchdown department and he's he's going to break a bunch free here it's just a matter of time and and, and like i said with his upcoming schedule it's going to happen so that's who you should be
0: pivoting to with authority, he says it. Just fucking slams a, the, the ball at point. the end.
2: If it were Jake, I might go off a little bit. But Dustin, I like you. You're you're the you're the the <laughs> part of the duo here that I actually like. Oh, thank you. As I Son I say with a bit. smirk, I, I love <laughs> both of you. I love both of you. But Hollywood Brown, he's he's somebody that I just couldn't get on coming into the season. And for the reasons that you talked about, the presumed – yeah, the target share might be there, but the overall passing attempts, they weren't going to be there. It's a run-first team, and that's exactly what we've seen uh, in 2019 and 2020 with Lamar Jackson at the helm, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator. But I just – Yes, any game Hollywood Brown could just go off. You could see four catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and I know everybody wants to point to the air yards and oh, he was just this close. And I always get on my one of my co-hosts Dan Lamagna because he always talks about Hollywood Brown. And I said, Dan, when there is a league that gives scoring for asterisks, let me know because that <laughs> then Hollywood Brown. Oh, but he he was so close. Unless we're playing, you know, horseshoes or hand grenades, I don't care about close. Okay? So I Dustin, I hope I hope for your sake. I hope Hollywood goes off this week. I just I could see another dud. But but again, the ceiling is there. There's no there's no arguing against that.
0: Could so you're saying that Hollywood is currently a C list celebrity and maybe you'll catch him uh in a B movie, and that's what your hope should be for this week. Am I hearing that right? Yes, I'm, th- I'm expecting
1: him to be a B-less, B-list celebrity, uh, for the rest a of this Spade, season. David Spade, if
0: you will. Right? He's a David Spade or a Kathy Griffin. You know, he's not a top-tier person. He's not going to be a Hemsworth, uh, for you. He's not going to be any of the Chrises, your Pratts, <laughs> your, your Pines. But, but he, he will be in a starting role and, and he could do surprisingly well. Like an indie movie actor, I think is what we're looking for here. Yes. Have See, I gone too far off? with the analysis no no that's
1: perfect i
2: I went a different way with it on fantasy football confidential the one night i and just the way i the same way i got on dan i I get on troy over there on fantasy football confidential because he's a big hollywood guy and i said troy what was the name of that movie that just came out with brad pitt once upon a time in hollywood it's in the past (laughs) don't worry about things moving forward because hollywood he's not going to be relevant and since i made that declaration i'm going to give myself a little pat on the back because he hasn't really been that relevant and somebody that you can't trust in your starting lineup. But yeah, the one week that you bench him, Dustin, he's dropping 30 Mm -hmm. points. You know it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I'm not expecting him to be a wide receiver one from here on out. But uh, like I said, for this exercise, pivoting away from chart, because I just just don't see any any realm for him to improve what he's doing at this point, especially with, with a rookie quarterback coming in.
0: So I believe that I'm terrified of Chark just in general. Just to mm-hmm. really harp on that, I'm ter- he's already like he's had so many targets and he's not done well even with those targets. I I refuse to trust Chark from this point on.
1: He's only scored from more a dy- than uh, double-digit points once this season, if that tells you anything. And
2: from, a, <laughs> from a dynasty perspective, too, I don't. I oh, John, stop going to dynasty. Well, you brought a guy from dynasty theory. What what the fuck did you think was going to happen?
0: You do you?
2: <laughs> I, I'm gonna do me. I always do, but. From a dynasty perspective, he has had countless injury, uh, to injuries to the ankles. And I, I, from what I know, it's the same, same ankle over and over and over again. And, yeah, I know people don't want to talk about injury-prone, but whenever the same injury continues to happen to the same body part over and over and over again, you got to start looking at that, and that is a red flag. So whether it's this week, rest of season, twenty twenty one beyond, DJ Shark Dust, I, I completely agree. I think there's a red flag there.
1: Okay. Well, should we move on from our pivots? Should we pivot from our pivots? Yes. Yes. Ooh, Jake, you said that. I don't know. It gave me all the feels when you said that that oh, way.
0: I, I wanted to give everybody the tingles. That's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> what is that? uh uh, uh co- Col- Col-
2: No, oh. Col- Col- Colby Calais when she's like, "I got the tingles in a silly place." Is
0: uh, that's <laughs> on bubbling?
2: That's kind of what I thought. It's a silly place.
1: It's a- yeah.
0: I do go. For- I aim for the silly place more often than not. So I think that you were onto something there. Yeah, it's kind of like when I climb the rope in gym class.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right back on track here uh so we're gonna move away from that and uh we're gonna go through uh, a start and a bust of the week here we will each give our one player uh john start us off with your start of the week
2: so, since I went David Montgomery, I was pivoting off of Ezekiel Elliott. It's going to be a theme here. It's the David night. So, you know, uh, on Friends, we have David Schwimmer. We, Ross was such a terrible character. But you know who's not a terrible character? David Johnson. And when I looked this up initially on Fantasy Pros, he was like running back 19 for week nine. That was his ranking. And when I went back on tonight, it was good to see he was getting some respect. Running back 14, he got bumped up. The touchdown upside is there, and we know that he's going to get at least three or four targets. We've been seeing it every single week, and I know Duke Johnson, he's back. But Jake, actually, on our episode of the open bar that we went on, I don't know if you remember, but anything involving you, I remember it. I write about it in my journal, (laughs) and I said, on that night, Jake and I talked about the Houston Texans. We talked about Duke Johnson, David Johnson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, all, all the good stuff. But for David Johnson, again, D- Duke Johnson's back. He's not going to get the workload. We, we all know that. David Johnson had a lot of success against the Jaguars in week five. And Jake Luton coming in, you know, you have to assume there's going to be some growing pains there. He goes, and I know Gardner Minshew's been struggling. He was injured. But you have to expect that the Texans get up somewhat big and early. And I think David Johnson's going to get an opportunity. His season high in carries is 19. He's going to top that here in week nine. and. You know, two weeks ago on fantasy football confidential, we did a three week look ahead and we talked about some players that we thought were going to exceed expectations based off of what we've seen so far. David Johnson was my guy. I said, over the next three weeks, he's going to be a top 12 running back. Week seven against your Green Bay Packers, he was running back 12. And I I think we're going to continue to see that here, especially week nine against the Jaguars that, you know, uh, things aren't looking great there, especially with the rookie quarterback coming in. I think David Johnson, he's going to find the end zone. He's going to have at least 20 carries. He's going to be a guy that you want in your lineup in week nine.
0: I like it. I like it so much. As somebody who has had to defend David Johnson a couple of times on Twitter, just for, again, if for nothing else, a volume play, don't worry about the Dukester. The Dukes ain't messing with nothing.
2: Pe- people hate the Davids, apparently, and people hate the volume plays. It doesn't have to be sexy. I just want the fantasy
0: points. That's all I want. Mhm.
1: Absolutely. Jake,
0: hit us up with your start. So in honor of this episode, I actually last minute pivoted, again, from what I had on here. I had listed, no offense who is a great play this week. He's a great play. But nobody's not playing Noah Fant this week because tight end is such a hellhole more than normal that you can't... There's nobody who has Noah Fant that probably can't play him. Like, you have to play him if Noah Fant's on your roster. So I'm not going to waste your time with this one. I'm going to do a last-minute pivot. I need to instill some confidence in some folks here. Start Cam Newton. Don't get cute. Don't sit Cam Newton. Cam Newton gets to play the Jets. Almost nobody gets to play the Jets. In fact, he's the only one this week who gets to play them. They have allowed the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And a lot of that has come from Russian quarterbacks. Now, to be fair, they played Josh Allen twice. But if you watched what Josh Allen did to those Jets, you should find a sense of security in what Cam is going to be able to do without weapons. Because that's the issue, right? Is Who is Cam throwing to? Well, first of all, most of the time it doesn't matter because Cam Newton, as we all know in his long-story career, got by with Devin Funchess as his primary target, with Calvin Benjamin as his primary target. He's never had a sexy receiving core. That shouldn't scare you off. But over the last few weeks, yes, you're you're right to be scared, at least these last two weeks, where the guy gets benched for Jarrett Stidham, that's not going to instill confidence in you. But I don't have a lot of high highbrow analysis for this, I just need you to know how bad the Jets are against Russian quarterbacks and because that is basically all you can count on Cam Newton for, you cannot sit him in Superflex or two QB leagues. You just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree. I, I have a
2: few shares in Superflex leagues, and I'm firing him up. And actually, I, I would say with confidence. You know, it, I mean, it helps that I have really no other options because of the <laughs> bye weeks, injuries, everything else going on in this crazy year. But Cam Newton playing the Jets, and I actually think this could be a, a – I don't, I don't want to use the the overused word that everyone uses. It's a, It's a sneaky week. For James White, I think, I think he really could, you know, have a solid game here. I I think we could see a touchdown, touchdown out of him, a rushing touchdown from Cam, and you're going to see solid results from Cam. So I agree with you, Jake. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. And my start of the week here is Marvin Jones going against Minnesota. As we said earlier, Kenny Galladay is out. And we saw last week when, when Kenny Galladay went out, all he did was get two touchdowns uh in, in in the putrid loss against Indianapolis. Uh he's he's gonna be the number one here all week. Yeah, we might see some uh some Cephas there sprinkled in uh like we did when Galladay was out to begin the season, but Minnesota's pass defense is not great. And he's gonna get the volume this week. And and like I said, all he does is scores touchdowns. Uh he, he scored eight to ten touchdowns pretty much every season he's been in the league. I know Jake and I talked about this uh in, in the off season here, and and he's he's gonna just light it up this week. So start him, book it, it's a done deal.
2: Was it against the Vikings last year that the four touchdown game? Was it last year or two years ago? He put up four touchdowns against the Vikings, I think.
0: I think that was Mm -hmm. last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. It's what got me to make a beer bet with you, Dustin, was I was so riding high on the confidence of that game. We made a much uh, lauded beer bet on my part. I just can't shut the fuck up about it. But we made a beer bet for over two weeks. All he had to do was score 125 yards in those two weeks. And I think that came on the heels of that game, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he came about, what, four yards short in the end?
0: Two, two yeah, fucking yards was, short of that uh, yeah. final marker. Now, I will, can I throw out for DFS? I would actually really consider Qu- Quintez Cephas in this just based on like how cheap he's going to be. I, just as a pivot for you daily fantasy folks, not that I'm any sort of guru, but it just feels like it's a good weeker. Mm-hmm.
2: What about uh, Marvin Hall, too, right? I, I, he, he had a solid game. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be relevant with Kenny Galladay in the lineup, but you know, my, my wall back here. I have Calvin Ridley in the middle, injured. Kenny Galladay over here, injured. Michael Gallup might as well be injured. But last <laughs> year, or so looking at Marvin Jones, it was Week Seven, ten catches, ninety-three yards, four touchdowns against the Minnesota Vikings. Is that going to happen this week? You better put it, your, put him in your lineup, like Dustin said. Yeah, it could. It very well could.
0: All right. First of all, John, protect that bottom left jersey with your goddamn life. After you just rattled off. All of those names that are (laughs) injured or should be injured. You treat him... That's with right. respect. <laughs> no, no, he's safe
2: because he already came off of an injury.
0: He, he's fine.
2: It's he, true. He missed right. some time. There, there was a stretch where, you know, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, they were three of like the top eight fantasy receivers this season. And every night on Dynasty Theater and Fantasy Football Confidential, I would kick back and, like, yeah, look at this wall. I call it the wall of targets. And then it was like, I'm going to start putting X's over them every time they get injured. <laughs> it's just, please, yes, Devontae Adams, stay healthy. Just an absolute monster. And I think, going back to Dynasty one last time, just one last time, I think he needs to be in the conversation. I know he's older, and he's, he's getting ready to, to go in the grave because he might as well be dead in Dynasty. But I think he needs to be in the conversation for the wide receiver one in Dynasty. I really do. I really believe that. Just be, he could put up 40 points any given night.
0: Talk about tickling my silly parts. <laughs> sir. you've just done it because, yeah, I'm all aboard. Same here.
1: You're not going to get any arguments uh, uh, from this podcast here. All right. Let's move on. Buster of the week. John Pittis. Oh, really
2: I'm, oh, so oh. I'm so sorry. Jake, again, I, I have a, kind of a weird memory. Like, I, I remember everything, for better or worse. But you and I jumped on with Kate and Michelle on that live feed the one night. And this was, oh, my God. This was, it was months ago. Mm-hmm. But I said a guy that I liked coming into the season was Jay Sternberger. I don't know if you remember. We, we were right on saying a tight end.
0: It was just the wrong one. It was the wrong one. It was the, it was the right track. It was heading towards the wrong town. Or we just got off a stop too early. Okay, I'm just making your analogy worse. But you're right. It was the wrong guy. <laughs> it was so frustrating. And
2: this is two years in a row now. And next year, I'm not going to fall for it. Two years in a row, Matt LaFleur during the offseason said, going into 2019, Geronimo Allison, he's my slot guy. Bust. This year, Jay Sternberger, he's going to be using the slot bust. So next year, whoever he says is the slot guy, I am not going to pay attention. (laughs) And then he's going to have 180 targets next year. Yes, I'm going going to pivot. Pivot, pivot, pivot. pivot.
1: Yes. Do you feel better now? (laughs) Dustin's
0: like, can I just talk about my bust already?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't want to brag about my bust. But we'll let John go first.
2: All right, so this is going to be quick, and I know most of the time I'm very long-winded, and so you say, quick, oh, no, that's not going to happen, but for me, and people are going to hate this because he's had five touchdowns in four games, he's been an absolute stud since coming back from his injury, A.J. Brown against the Chicago Bears, they don't miss a lot of tackles, and one of the things that A.J. Brown thrives on, more so last year than this year, but still this year a little bit, is yards after the catch, breaking tackles, making people miss, and you know, the the Bears, they don't miss the tackles. They've only given up 228 receiving yards per game and eight passing touchdowns in eight games. The best in the NFL on both accounts. I just can't see A.J. Brown having a huge opportunity against this defense. Yes, he put up good numbers against Houston, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, over 20 PPR points. And it's crazy to think the only defense he really struggled against recently were the Cincinnati Bengals, who obviously are not a formidable defense at all, but he had 12 PPR points. Again, this goes back to the Ezekiel Elliott take. Do I think he's going to be a guy that you can't put in the starting lineup? He's probably going to get eight to 12 points, just like Zeke, but temper your expectations. I know people have him as a top 12 play week in and week out. He's just somebody, if you look at in relation to where he was going, where people have him, he's going to be a bust on that regard. So again, don't don't go tell your friends and family. Hey, Mom, John, he was a guest guest spot on the uh, drinking <laughs> and talking fantasy football. He said, bench A.J. Brown. I'm not saying that, all right? Because, Jake, you know, somebody's going to listen. They're going to tweet at me. You said to bench A.J. Brown. I'm not saying that.
0: It's going I'm- to be me from my burner account, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> it's going to
2: be not Jake Trowbridge. <laughs> this is not Jake. But I, I just think against the Chicago Bears defense, it's going to be very difficult for him to have uh, the game that we've been seeing, so 10, 12 points, sure, but it, you're not going to see 20 PPR points. Lock it and load it.
1: Yeah, I am right there with you. It made me so happy to see this on the show sheet uh because when I was going through my starts and sits for each position for the week, uh AJ Brown was actually my my sit for the week as far as wide receivers went. So, it made me very happy uh that that it was basically uh confirmation for me that that I w- I was right on there. So, uh thank you for that. I don't you know, if you should
2: feel better or worse that you agree with me, Dustin. We'll see you in a few days. That's right.
1: That's <laughs> right. And and Same goes for uh, Jake's sit of the week here. This was also my running back sit of the week. So I don't know if we've got this, like, mind meld thing going on here, uh, but it's making me really happy right now. So, Jake, tell us what that is.
0: Well, I almost feel like I'm cheating with my bust of the week because it's Jonathan Taylor, and for one, we're actually not, I just saw a report come out on Twitter, like we're not 100% positive that Jonathan Taylor is going to play this week, apparently, which already is, is is a bummer if you're starting off the week on that foot. Coming out of last week's, last week's performance is where a lot of people, myself included, expected a smash performance. Weak rushing defense, Jonathan Taylor's finally going to get the workload, no. Who's this motherfucker? It's Jordan Wilkins, and he's coming to steal all your fantasy points. And Naeem Naheem Hines is now going to get sprinkled in way more than we ever thought he would at this point in the season. Uh, and it's just going to take away all of Jonathan Taylor's floor. Now, after the game, Philip Rivers did at least clue us into the fact that Taylor was hurt. Obviously, that's bearing out here because there's injury designation and potential that he'll miss this game. If practice goes smoothly this week, and if he is in line to play, I still don't want you to feel like you are going to play him because of the name value and because eventually Jonathan Taylor is going to get the work. I'm done with that. I am fully out on this. This is not just going to be my bust of the week. I'm at the point now, even though after this week, Jonathan Taylor's schedule really loosens up, and I mean really loosens up. So good. So good. I'm still not going to put him into my lineup anymore. And, Dustin, I have him in our home league. I'm not putting him into my lineup until he gets a game where he proves it. Like, I'm at that point with him. Until you can give me a solid week from this point on, you're sitting on the bench. I'd much rather miss out on his big game by having him bench than suffer through a dud. And he's playing the Ravens. I don't know if you know anything about the Baltimore Ravens. But they are the best uh, against the run, at least in terms of fantasy points. They allow the fewest. So that's bad. That's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Coming off of that week... Don't look at the matchup and go, well, he'll probably get the volume this week if he's good to go. Don't even trick yourself into it. It's going to be real bad. I agree. Alright, before I give you mine, uh
1: question from the chat here. So, Lost Kenny, best fill-in option between Mike Williams, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk, or Slayton?
0: I would say Slayton. He gets to play... Washington's front seven's really good, but their secondary is not. So if you're, you're kind of hoping for big plays here, but I think Slayton has really good upside that I'd be willing to chase this week.
2: I'm actually going to go—I I like Mike Williams in the situation, but they—who who do they have this week?
1: The Raiders. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders.
2: Oh, and— <sighs> I was going to say Christian Kirk, but the touchdowns are so fluky and he's had such few targets. He just, he's really maximized and really done the most with those targets. Yeah, I'm going to go out here and say Mike Williams. My issue with Darius Slayton. Yes, the secondary is not great with Washington, but we also know, like you said, Jake, their front seven is, and that New York Giants offensive line is not great. I'm hoping we see a lot of underneath stuff with Evan Ingram, and maybe that's just me more hoping than than thinking, because oftentimes that's the situation people, John, did you think about this? No, I'm just hoping. But <laughs> I, I would go Mike Williams personally,
0: but I I, I think it's a toss-up here. Is Lazard playing? There's speculation that he'll be back. And LaFleur, the last that I read today, Matt LeFleur said um, that, you know, he's trending in the right way and, and it looks like he could. They, But again, Green Bay is so, so stringent about when cautious. they actually start their guys. So I'm not going into this with any faith that Lazard plays. If he does, then you know that he's 100% good to go. So at least that's something. Like if he shows up as active on Thursday, and that's great because if he is, so let's just say hypothetical, John, if he is active, and good to go on Thursday. Would you start him over Mike Williams?
2: Oh man, do I have any other Thursday players going? Just so I have more, you know, invested in that game. <laughs> it's, we all do it. I hate it. I'm like, I'm yeah. sitting there tinkering with lineups, and like, well, this guy's playing tonight. I really don't have anybody else. Um, if he plays, yes. Just because of what you said, they have been so cautious with guys like Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, that LaFleur has to believe he's fully 100%. And we've seen what Lazard has done. My only concern is Lazard has done some solid things when Devontae Adams wasn't in the lineup. So I'm kind of like talking to myself. I'm sticking with Mike Williams. Flag plant Mike
1: Williams.
0: <laughs> Dustin, who are you going to start out of that bunch?
1: I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. So I know this is super helpful uh, uh, since we all chose someone different. Uh, But the Dolphins are actually 19th in the league versus wide receivers, Uh, averaging 39.7 points a game to wide receivers. So uh, I like the upside. Kirk's been getting a little bit more involved. We've seen him score some touchdowns. He's actually healthy. uh, So I actually really like Kirk in this situation.
0: Way to go, guys. We listed every single player out of that four-person group as a potential to have a great game. So uh hope that helped. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm sorry, ISO. I'm sorry. Yeah. So so sorry, am
1: I right? Hey oh my god. <laughs> All right. So then uh, we'll finish off here, bust of the week. I've got Drew Brees going against Tampa Bay. Uh what can you really say? It's Tampa Bay. Their their defense is really, really good. And When they played them in week one, and I know it's week one, so you can say you can throw it out of the books just because it's the beginning of the season, but it was statistically Drew Brees' worst game of the season. Uh, Only threw for 160 yards in that game. Don't have Michael Thomas again this week. Uh, Traquan Smith out. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders out. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of options there, Uh, so... He's just not doing well. He's, I think he's fallen off the cliff, so to speak. And you've got to have a better option out there other than Drew Brees. So stay away from him.
2: When I first saw the show notes, I got excited because, again, I've been known to ramble from time to time, but I thought it was one from every position. So start quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Bust quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. My quarterback bust was actually Drew Brees.
0: um, So I could not agree more Eh. here. Wait, if I know yeah. how to point in this thing, so I can point to you both having nice. matched up. That worked. That really translated, not only for the visual people, but for our podcast <laughs> listeners as well. That was terrific. No, I like that. But although, if you're Daniel Jones, apparently uh, the Tampa Bay defense isn't really that bad. Which what? what apparently the fuck is that. <laughs> All right. So, do we want
1: to highlight a couple games that we're interested in looking at here coming up for Week Nine, whether it's just
0: fantasy or real football reasons? I will defer. I-, I want John to at least throw an option out there. Is there a game that you're interested in? Give me
2: Jake. can you start? I'm pulling this up right now.
0: Oh yeah, I I will absolutely start. Yeah. If there's one game that I want to see this week, and just from a purely selfish fantasy perspective, it's Carolina at Kansas City. I want to see it's gonna be tough for Teddy Bridgewater, I think. I didn't know what to do with him this week. He's in my Scott Fish Bowl. I have no options. I'm starting Teddy Bridgewater, but the Kansas City defense is no joke. So what can he do? Can he get all of his guys, looking at you, Robbie Anderson, can he get you involved enough uh, to where he's going to make all those pieces relevant? I think this is a huge test. Um, Obviously, Carolina is so weak that it's just going to also be a spectacle to see how many points that Patrick Mahomes puts on them. I'll be very interested to track that as well. First of all, you mentioned Scott Fishbowl, and I, I,
2: I love Scott. talk to him constantly. But fuck that scoring this year, man. <laughs> Lamar Lamar Jackson, I took him in the fourth overall pick. He is almost unstartable. Brutal. But he'll put up 20-some points in a regular league, and then Scott Fishbowl, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm having a good night. 4.7? What? It's just, <laughs> oh
0: my, that is brutal. Negative um, points for incompletions are crushing me. Yep.
2: The incompletions, the sacks, I mean, it's just, I mean, Lamar gets away, you know, obviously he's mobile, so he's not getting too many sacks. But when you're firing the ball off at 55% completion percentage, I'm like, can I, but my other quarterbacks... Dwayne Haskins, Sam Darnold, and Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: I, I got nobody else.
2: Um, but that—that's too much negativity. I, I can't get too depressed here. <laughs> this week, I really like the Chargers and Raiders. I really do. I there's a lot of fantasy relevant assets, and that's kind of what gets me excited. Neither defense is that fantastic, and I think you know, I think we're going to see a lot of points there. And I, you know, uh, Jake, you said for selfish reasons. For for me. I'm not one of the people that's going to say, oh, yeah, that game, it was so great. It was it was smash mouth, hard-nosed football. It was 13 to 10. I want points, baby. Put up points. I don't care if it's sloppy. I want to see points. And I think this game it's, it has the potential to maybe be one of the highest scoring games of the week.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the game I'm most interested in taking a look at is the Seahawks versus the Bills. Uh, I, I want to see this Bills offense really just light it up. And I, again, like you were saying with the uh, Chargers and Raiders, this could be a very high scoring affair. Uh, just we know the Seahawks defense is absolutely terrible, and, and Josh Allen has cooled off a little bit from what we saw at the start of the season, but I think this is where he can get back on track, and we know Seattle can put up points at at a will here, Uh, so I think this could also be a fairly high-scoring affair, and I'm I'm interested to see that, and I, I think it could be a really great matchup.
2: I hope that we see the Josh Allen from the first four weeks just because he is one of my most rostered quarterbacks across the board. I was getting him in rookie drafts and startups when he was dirt cheap. And the first four weeks, I was tweeting at people. I was like, <laughs> where are all the haters now? <laughs> well, show yourself. And in the last four weeks, I'm like, oh, no, no, I, I, delete, tweet, delete, tweet, delete, tweet. It's. It, I hope that we see the Josh Allen from the first mm-hmm. four weeks. because, it, it, I mean, yeah, there have been some... You know, issues along the offensive line. Some players were missing time. I mean, the defense, some players were missing. But I don't know what it is. I mean, John Brown being out of sync there, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You still have Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Devin Singletary still there. Zach Moss, he actually stole some touchdowns there uh, in Week 8. But I hope that we see the Josh Allen from the first four weeks. And if anybody can make it right, I think it's a Seattle defense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right, one last thing to talk about here before we, we sign off for the evening. Um, I threw out this beer bet here to Jake the other day, and he said he needed to think about it and, and maybe have a couple beers before he made up his mind. So I, I hope, hope you've made up your mind, but my my beer bet here.
2: Wait, Can I pick a side and get in on it, one oh, way or the other? absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I think that this week Nick Foles is going to throw for more yards than Ryan Tannehill, and they're playing each
0: other. This is such a fucking gross bet. I'm just ashamed (laughs) that you thought to write this into our show sheet. That's what I can't get over. I never said it was gonna be sexy. Type this in so you're saying Nick Foles is going to throw for more yards mm. only. This is not yep. fantasy points, nope. just for a yard yep. Then Ryan Tannehill. So, right, they face each other. Yep. I've looked at this so many times. Can I tell you, I was just scrolling as you guys were talking, trying to find any better beer bet option to throw out <laughs> on my phone about guys who are going against each other. And there's nothing. I literally was thinking, like, can we just do a Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen fantasy points beer bet? But let's stick with your grossness. Let's stick with your grossness here. Now, John, I do want to let you in on what happens if you lose this thing. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen a losing beer bet here. I'm listening. T- typically, the loser of the bet has to chug uh, one of the more disgusting beers that the other person can provide. Now, here's where it gets interesting. It's because I, first of all, think we've already talked about kind of moving this in a different direction. Because mm-hmm. it'd be very difficult to get you a gross beer. Obviously, from our end, we live right next to each other. It would take a lot of mailing work to get you this. I I could go pick one up. I could pick one up. But I was thinking, Dustin, you tell me if I'm crazy here. Well, I think a way to go about it. We are both big fans of the show Brooklyn 99. 9 John, have you ever watched the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I have seen several episodes, but I have not seen it all the way through. Okay, now we just finished Halloween. Now, one of the through lines of this show is every Halloween they have an episode where there's a heist. And the loser of the heist has to, you know, there's a not a monetary thing, but there's some other factor involved. But they also have to look the winner in the eye and tell them, What is it, Dustin? You are a genius slash great detective, whatever the hell it is. You are an amazing detective slash genius. There you go. So we could just tweak this. I think we could go with a shot. I think it would have to be a double shot to make it drinking and fantasy approved here. A double shot. Your deal. You pick. You know, I'm not going to harp on you, whatever the shot is, but you have to look dead into the camera, post on Twitter to the winner that message, essentially. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. So I, I know what side I won, but did Jake ever agree? Did no, I'm, I'm <laughs> stalling.
1: <laughs> I'm in. I love it. I love it. <sighs> Jake doesn't fine. really have let's, a choice since I came up with the bet, and he couldn't come up with anything better.
0: Fine, I'll take Tannehill. Yeah, fine. I have to. I'll take Tannehill. That's all right. I will take <laughs> Nick Foles. Uh, uh, yes.
2: I will take... The the camera always messes me up. I'm pointing to to Dustin. It's going that way. Yeah, I'm going to take Nick Foles. I honestly could see 230 yards versus like 225. Mm -hmm. It's going to get ugly. And I'm here for it. And if I lose, I have to do a shot. And I have to say, Jake, you are
0: an uh, amazing fantasy football analyst slash genius. I might do that even if I win. I I I might do it anyway. Yeah, I'm
2: definitely. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Dustin, uh,
0: I'm just so uh, upset that this is what you came up with and you backed me into a corner here. But also, I have to get this out there when we talk about beer bets. Your record and my record, it's not really a comparison at this point, so I feel bad enough that I have to auto-accept these sometimes.
1: Well, so. feel free to to come up with something that's not as gross then. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take gonna care of that I'm going to have to have a serious think for next week <laughs> on this. I will do it. All right. So that'll about do it. Uh, This is your weekly reminder, folks. Uh, Waivers are running here tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, if you're listening. Check your waivers for drop players. Uh, You never know who's going to be out there, especially with all these injuries and people pivoting. Bringing it all back to the theme of the show. People that are pivoting away from players that are injured. So uh, check your waivers. Bye weeks this week. Philadelphia, the Rams, Cleveland, Cincinnati. So please don't start anyone. From those teams, you will get zero points, although in some cases it might be better than the negative points that you could receive. So uh, play wisely there. Uh, John, why don't you tell us one more time before we head out here where people can find you, what you do. Talk about yourself.
2: Well, here, give me a few minutes. So a few things. One, I'm a little bit tipsy right now. Two. This was so, it was some of the most fun I've ever had on a guest spot. I have to say, Jake, Dustin, you two, very gracious hosts. This this was so much fun. Three, I tweeted out before the show that I rolled over my toe with my chair and I was bleeding. That it was not a joke.
0: No, oh, there's the, he has blood proof oh, dedication. I, I,
2: I wanted to say that, like, oh, John's just like saying no. I genuinely, my toe was bleeding. Um, <laughs> I went through this whole bottle of wine. Nice. Well done. Well done, sir. Um, But yeah, again, uh, Jake and Dustin, this uh, absolute blast. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Dynasty Theory at Dynasty Theory FF on Twitter and Instagram. Fantasy Football Confidential at FF underscore confidential on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Mitch Sorensen at Dino MC. Dan LaMagna at FF Coach Dan. Troy King at T King Mode. I think that was right. And then my girl Linda G at Lindellian's. Um, you know, th- those are my co-hosts of fantasy football confidential in dynasty theory, absolutely incredible follows. And, you know, like I said, for dynasty theory, we're working on some things behind the scenes. Um, yeah, th- that's about it. I think we, uh, hour and 20 minutes in probably good that we cut it off here because if we go any longer, I'm just going to be rambling even more than I do now. But again, Jake and Dustin, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Jake, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you. Yes. Well, again,
0: thank you so much, John, for coming on. And to our watchers of YouTube, in about 40 minutes, you'll be on (laughs) with Dynasty Theory, and you need to transpose yourself over there to watch Dynasty Theory. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge.
1: And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, feel free to hit us up with our DMs, any start sit questions, trade questions, anything you'd like us to talk about on the show. We're here for it. Uh, and then you can find me at FF Dusty Dog on Twitter. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.